in the future, everything will be about attention. What do I mean by that? Whoever in this world is able to draw your attention to them, those are the people who have power because they control your awareness. So the best thing you can do is take care of your mental health by learning about your mind and your brain and there are now thousands of books about the mind-body uh, connection, also the books from Dr. Joe. Just educate yourself so that you're not a victim to the fleshy advertisers, to the emotional things that are written in the newsletters, so you don't fall prey to those kind of things. Educate yourself about how your system works, how your biology works. Learn to use it consciously and not using unconsciously by default. It's Osla Moskan from Amsterdam. It's so nice to have you here today on Bridging. In Bridging, I have incredible conversations with world's leading minds, fascinating people and game changers. My vision is to help people to learn, practice and transform in all areas of life. I want to make wisdom practical and available for everyone. As a side note, this episode is also available on my YouTube channel. And please don't forget to follow me also on Instagram, Ozkan Ozlem, O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M. Sit back, listen, and hopefully, hopefully, really hopefully, what you will learn today, you will practice and transform. Hello everyone, welcome to the newest episode of the Bridging Podcast, where you can learn, practice and transform with the knowledge you gain in this podcast. So I'm so happy that my friend Sevil Chinar is here today. Sevil, welcome. Thank you very much, Jocelyn. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here. So, Sevil, you are a certified neurochange solution consultant trained by Joe Dispenza and his team. So, for the past decade, in the area of Germany and online internationally, you are teaching people uh, um, the connection between thoughts, emotions, and our brains and how actually to create a reality we would like to experience. Mm -hmm. So, which I'm super super interested in so let's dive in directly you know uh, the people that you have seen for the past 10 years uh, with the seminars you are teaching or the one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching group coaching what kind of mental challenges um, do you face with people that are working with you what is it like right now in the world that you see a lot uh, the general thing is really people are overwhelmed overwhelmed by the information, overwhelmed by their life, by their workplace, by the stress. And they have so many duties to fulfill that they literally don't know how to, how to do it, like how to go by it. How, how can I change myself amidst certain circumstances? How, how do I approach that? Uh, basically, and that's uh, what I, tra what I train them. I basically teach them the very basics of the brain. Let's just I give you just an example because I, I just got this book out of my shelf, The Brain. 
Uh, what is from, the book called? Can you just mention it yes. for the people that are only listening? It's on, mm -hmm. are listening. It's from it. David Eagleman. The right. Brain. The brain. David Eagleman. So we will put it in the episode notes. Yes. And he is just, oh, I mean, not just, but he's a neuroscientist. And um, when I started the work of Dr. Joe, I, I needed more information. I even wanted to have more knowledge about what he was explaining. I was really looking for the backstory of the backstory, so to say. So I bought several books about the brain. And very simple example is most of the people assume that they see with their eyes, they feel with their hands, and they smell with their nose, and that's the way it goes. But right. No, so you with your five with, senses, actually. Yeah, you don't see with your five senses. You don't feel. It's not, it's not what's happening. What's happening is that your five senses collect information from the environment which are relayed to the brain via electrochemical signals. So can so you the, just repeat that one more time? This is really important information. Yes. So what basically happens is that you draw in information by your five senses, via your visual sense, smelling, uh, tasting, and all those things. Your, your body collects basically information, and this information is sent to the brain via electrochemical signals because mm -hmm. the brain's nature is electrochemical. Mm -hmm. So how does the... I just saw, while I was waiting, I, I looked a few podcasts you already did, and I saw the one with, I forgot his name, the doctor. Bruce Lipton? Bruce Lipton, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he was talking about the quantum field and stuff like that. I don't do that, for example, in my trainings, and I also I don't need it. It's really not necessary. The whole thing is based on neuroplasticity, and it's the ability of your brain to transform itself by thought alone. That's so neuroplasticity, function. the ability of your brain to transform by thought alone. Exactly. Just thinking, for simple thought like, you think, I don't like this person. And you would start thinking intentionally, no, I do like this person. Just that act rewires your brain. That's one thing. The other thing with the five senses, what I wanted to say is that and all this information is brought together in your brain, and your brain looks for patterns for mm -hmm. recognition, so it can make sense out of the information that that it has uh, been provided. And out of this electrochemical signals, it gives you, as the owner, so to say, of your brain, it gives you an assumption. It says. My guess is this is what's out there. Your brain is guessing. Your brain is always guessing. So it is guessing based on the thought you're putting in it. Are you saying that? It's, it's, it's guessing based on the experiences and the thoughts you have. Mm -hmm. For example, you have had lots of apples in your life, right? So right. your brain has lots of information about apples. So when it sees or when it perceives via the senses something that looks and feels like an apple, it has a lot of information to draw from and tell you, hey, look, this is an apple. You know, but if it doesn't have information to certain things, it's always making things up. 
You never perceive reality as it is. It's you, you even could say that 95% is something like it's a baseline that your brain is constantly creating because it's so much work for your brain to calculate all the reality constantly that it basically takes a baseline and then it fills the gaps. You, you might know the example of you are... Um, at the beach and uh, you're going home and it's dark and you see something in the corner. Right. And then you jump because you just saw the end of it and it probably could be a snake. Your body made you jump because your body prefers to have you safe than guessing wrong one time, you know? So, and then you look and say, oh no, it was just a piece of wood, nothing dangerous. Later on, it's okay. But first of all, it saves you. Then it can look back at it. See? So I basically train, or not train, but teach people really how the brain does its work and why it works when you start training your brain, why your reality changes then. Because if you don't have a neural network, for whatever it is you want to experience, your brain just can't create it. Mm -hmm. It's not possible. So, you know, when I ask my first question, like what are the mental challenges uh, the clients you are teaching experience, you know, uh, you know, majority of people in the world right now, actually, and you were mentioning there's a lot of overwhelm, like there's a lot of information coming from all different sides. Uh, of, you know, during your day, in your evening, like, you know, there's also something like, you know, your phone just goes on all the time. Yeah. If you have your notifications on, it's like even more, you know, the sounds and all. So what are the first steps for people that are experiencing overwhelm to actually dive into this work and realize and get actually aware that they can change that situation that they're experiencing. Like, let's say someone, it's me, I'm overwhelmed. A lot of information is coming my side. And also, I actually know a lot of things that I can change it. But what is the first step I should do, practice, act, in order... Calm yourself down. Mm -hmm. Always the first thing. Because your state of being your state of mind determines what kind of quality of, or not, not quality, but what kind of information you're perceiving. If you're in a stressed state, if you're in an overwhelmed state, then perhaps when a friend calls you, you're agitated, like, oh, I don't have time, please don't call me for this, whatever, you know? So, but when you get your control back, when you learn to control your emotional states, which you can learn to control when you can practice staying aware of them instead of being the victim to them. That's when you can break the curse. But for the absolute beginner who wants to do something for their mental health, mm -hmm. they need to learn about the organ. So the organ? The brain. Which the brain so you okay so can you tell us a little bit more about the brain how does 
it respond to the thoughts we put in the brain. I mean, you have been trained, right, by Jody Spenza and his team, mm -hmm. and you are teaching this work to your audience. Yeah. So, and, you know, you have been teaching it for the past 10 years. And we are really curious, like, I'm sure the watcher here is also thinking, like, just tell me more. One of the things I like to tell my trainees is always, like, don't believe everything you think, and also don't believe everything you feel. Because remember what I said, your brain is guessing. So whenever you have a spontaneous thought, whenever you have a spontaneous reaction, it's basically the, the first guess your body is giving you. Your brain is giving you. Oh, I think this and that is going on. But it probably will be wrong, this is, assumption. It, is it guessing based on your past experiences? Exactly. Because based that's on the, the apples you have eaten. Yeah. Not only pairs. yours, also from your ancestors, because you are the sum total of your ancestors. Every information your parents have in their bodies, which helped them survive, they gave to you. So you're standing on their survival, on the grounds of their survival experience, and you are adding to that. So basically, Thoughts are even meaningless until you give them your attention. If you don't give your attention to a thought, it's meaningless. So where attention goes, everything grows, right? Exactly. And actually, that's the, that's the, uh, how, what's the English word for that? But. In the future, everything will be about attention. What do I mean by that? I Like, whoever in this world is able to draw your attention to them, those are the people who have power. Mm -hmm. Because they control your awareness. So the best thing you can do is take care of your mental health by learning about your mind and your brain and there are now thousands of books about the mind uh, body connection also the books from dr joe just educate yourself so that you're not a victim to the fleshy advertisers to the emotional uh, things that are written in the newsletters so you don't fall prey to those kind of things educate yourself about how your system works, how your biology works, and then learn to use it consciously yeah. and not using unconsciously by default. Really deliberately choosing like where to put your attention into. Is it the advertising at midnight showing like, hey, this woman in her 40s has wrinkles. When she used this mm -hmm. cream, the wrinkles are going away. Where do you like, oh, I'm 42. You know, what's going on? So yeah. you said, like, do not believe every thought you're getting, but do also not believe every feeling. Or not, mm -hmm. how do you, you say it about the feeling? Do not believe every thought you're having and do not believe every feeling you have. Every feeling, okay. So, because it's also uh, assumption. I give you an example. I had a neighbor when I started meditating 10 years ago. She moved out. Uh, she was only here for one year, but 
when I first started meditating, I like to call Dr. Joe Evans meditation rock concerts because that's more what it is to me. So mm-hmm. I had my box here. I tuned it up and I was doing my meditation and she complained. Long story short, she was a very, she had a very specific type, specific personality. And she even wrote me in the middle of the night at 3 a.m., which was not funny for me. So back then, I was training on the weekends at the private academy. And a new course began, a new training session began. And the students come in, it's 10 students. And I swear to you, one of them exactly looked like her. And the moment I saw her, and she was just a similar type of person, you know, like similar hair, similar body type. And I immediately became aware that my body was becoming agitated and my brain was really turning and was like, is this her? No, this can't be her. And I felt the anger rising because I was angry at her because she said I would do my meditations at three in the night, which was not true. So I was observing myself, how my body was trying, or my body and brain were trying to tell me, hey, we know this person. I have a program for her. You don't like her. And I'm like, whoa, body, brain, please stay calm. We don't know her yet. I know she looks like our neighbor, but she is not our neighbor. Mm -hmm. So let's wait and see. So I talked to her and nice person. So this was being aware at the same time and intentionally acting in a different way. If I would have been unconscious in that Mm -hmm. very moment, I would have seen her like, oh, I don't like that person or she's annoying or whatever. Because my emotions would have told me in my thoughts, I don't like her. But I wouldn't have been aware that she looks very similar to my neighbor. And this is for most people. You see a person, you don't like them or you don't feel them like sympathetically or whatever. Because you might also have dealt, you know, with that same kind of identity in your childhood or in any environment. You know, it could be even about the nation, right? You know, that you have, I don't know, dated a certain guy or a woman from a specific nation and Mm -hmm. it didn't work out you were upset you were blaming this person i mean easy to do and then all of a sudden they're all people from that country like i don't like these people you know because you had this experience and actually that experience was also all about blame to that person because Mm -hmm. you were scared and afraid to look really deep inside of yourself what was going on with you and not with him or her so Yeah, you want to say something. That's actually the biggest challenge, what I realized. The biggest challenge for people is to not judge themselves for their own thoughts they are having, Mm -hmm. but just become aware of them. Not judge yourself for the thoughts you're having, but just becoming aware of them and watching it, observing it. So, you know, can you talk me through, Seville, about the thoughts, emotions, and the brain connection what do you exactly mean by that so what happens when we have a thought what happens with our physical system physiology you only have thoughts because your brain is exchanging neurotransmitters Mm -hmm. 
which is basically the first step. And when your brain is creating neurotransmitters, the next step in the process, it, neurotransmitters signal neuropeptides, which then send signals via the hormonal system throughout the whole body so the body knows what to do based on the thought that has been um, thought in the mind. So it's really a chain of reaction that's happening. That's what most of the people are not aware of. you got to imagine like a manufacturer for whatever, for cars. There is an assembly line to create a certain type of car. There are the certain steps which have to be done, which are always the same. Mm -hmm. So if you think constantly the same thoughts, you always activate the same neural networks. Right. Think about sport. If you go to a fitness studio and you constantly train your ab muscles, you will have a six-pack, ideally. Yeah, that's not me, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Me neither. For me, it's the running. For me, it's the so, running. So thoughts, <laughs> thoughts are basically the same. When you constantly think the same thoughts, it's, it's easier to think them because you're used to it. You've mm -hmm. already trained that muscle. And now the, the, what is difficult for most people is to grow that little plant, that little seed, that new thought out of a new thought. Like, because if you want to grow something, a little seed, then you give it your attention. So you want to have a new thought in your mind. Let's say your thought is, I don't like myself, okay? Mm -hmm. And you decide with the 5% conscious mind, you're going to like yourself. So you start telling yourself, I like myself. 95% is listening to you. You have a range where you can like yourself, which the, your subconscious mind, the 95%, allows you. Mm -hmm. Because you got to be flexible in this world to survive, right? Mm -hmm. So you every day you think, I like myself, I like myself. You do your meditation, I like myself, I like myself. What you basically are doing is you're building a new neural network. That's one thing. Mm -hmm. But the 95% of your system is still conditioned to, I don't like myself. Because these and are the programs you are in your subconscious mind. Exactly. And those programs, they saved you. That's the thing a lot of people don't think about, but those programs are your programs for survival. Mm -hmm. So, of course, your body is not going to say, oh, you want to change that? No problem. Just change it. No, it's going to hold on to them until you, know, you have proven otherwise. You know, I think I would like to say uh, here as, you know, someone that is practicing the work for the past so many years, like it's so important the moment that you, when you say, would say like, I like myself, I love myself. And you, when you realize again, oh, actually, oh, I found myself again today at work or at when mm -hmm. I was having dinner with this friend that I was not liking myself when I got a comment about whatever. Mm -hmm. And then at the moment you start judging that, you're like, <gasps> again, I'm just again feeling that I don't like myself. Then you pay attention to that feeling of oh again it's just again happening instead of actually observing through that thought that thought like 
Wow, getting aware. And that oh, it's happening again. It's happening a, again. Exactly, because that's a learning process. And that's something a lot of a lot of the people are not aware of. Mm-hmm. You learn to become what become aware of your emotions and not to get entangled with them. You learn that. Yeah. But what I wanted to emphasize is because a lot of people um, judge themselves for not being good enough in this regard, and it mm-hmm. has nothing to do with it. It's just it's just biology. <clears throat> And it has a reason it is that way. So your whole system always thrives for harmony, Mm -hmm. coherence. Because coherence is health, basically. Harmony is health, okay? (coughs) Sorry. Mm -hmm. So you now have... 95%, 95%, I don't like myself, and for four weeks, you now condition yourself, I like myself, I like myself, I like myself. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what you do, what you are creating is cognitive dissonance. There is no harmony between I like myself and I don't like myself. Yes. So what happens is your brain and body wakes up. What does your brain and body want to have? They want to have harmony. What do you think? Who is going to win? 95% or 5%? Of course, the 95% because, you know, so, you have been, uh, what is it, affirming that for years, not deliberately like I don't exactly. like myself, but, you know, a lot of things happen constantly. And you're like, look, it's true. Look, it's true. I'm again not <clears throat> liking myself. Yeah. And then people stop and go to mm-hmm. their back, their, uh, old habits back. Yeah. And then they feel the relief. Because what they do is they go back to their used chemical state of mind and they Mm -hmm. say, oh, this feels right. No, that only feels familiar. You know that feeling. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why you say it feels right. Right. When it feels right, you're back in the past. I think this is really important to say like one more time to mention. You said like you think it's right but because it is feeling you know, right, and you you have felt this for such a long, long, long time. So as an addition to that, I feel like you really need to have faith in eventually it will change in the other 5% that you were just putting into your mind, right? And maybe you can give the example of this muddy water that, you know, we talked earlier about. Yes. Uh, Let me just say this. Faith you only need when you don't believe. And you Mm -hmm. will start believing when you understand certain fundamental basics of your brain, which are very good described in Dr. Joe's book. And really, when you understand, it has nothing to do with faith. It's not a religion. It's science, you know. And it's basically, um, you do that for four weeks. You create cognitive dissonance. You go back to your old self. It feels so much better than trying to be the new self. Maybe the new self is wrong. Maybe it's not the right new self for me. No, it's not about that. Imagine yourself, you are, well, you are the sum total of your all past experiences. You are a little muddy lake. Mm -hmm. And you decide, I don't want to be muddy anymore. Mm -hmm. The easiest way to not be muddy anymore is to fill in clear water. 
and you fill in clear water and you fill in clear water and eventually there will be so much clear water in the muddy lake that the muddy lake will be no longer but it will be the clear lake right so also mostly you are not aware of the big change while you are changing you become aware of your change when you look back and when you find yourself in a situation most mostly where you normally would have freaked out and you just realize oh wow i should have been triggered but i didn't got triggered by this what's happening that's when you know you're changing yeah things what what's you know in the past things that were putting an enormous pressure on you or like you felt just triggered by are doing nothing anymore to you because the muddy lake because of you because of the thoughts you put in changed and the muddy lake became clear like yeah. a clear lake i would like to actually give an example of you know mm -hmm. um in my childhood due to different circumstances I was a lot against money. I did not really like money. I love maths. I love numbers, all these things. <clears throat> But money, I was like, no, mm -hmm. money doesn't bring happiness. Money is just creating arguments. Mm -hmm. uh, money is evil, all these things, right? And I was just really like um, being very stubborn about it. And it took me almost three decades to just really change that Uh, I was, I, I just was thinking like, you know, abundance is a great thing. Abundance is uh, giving me freedom. I am mm -hmm. abundant. But each time when I said it, like, it was almost like I am turning to the right, but I was so used to turning to the left. I was mm -hmm. like, no, but that's not true. Look again. I have now this amount of money or this abundance, but I'm not happy. I was thinking I was kind of justifying it with mm -hmm. the perceptions I was having. And eventually, you know, like the muddy lake, I just really fully felt into it and until I felt without even being in the physical world abundant without feeling like, you know, without even, you know, being able to pay my rent back hmm. then, I felt abundant fully and I just knew it. And the moment I knew it, things came to me. It wasn't only money, it was the opportunity. It yeah. was so many opportunities coming my way because I just knew. And mm. when an opportunity was coming my way, I didn't think like, will it happen or not happen? What I used to think in the past, because that was a scarcity mindset. Yeah. I was like, no, it will happen. And if it won't, there are all other billions of opportunities out there, right? Mm. Yeah. But it was a long ride. So, um, Sevil, a question about um, reaching your potential. So, you know, when people come to you, to come to your seminars, um, how do they tap in to a potential that they even are not aware of? They might think like, I want to go from A to B. You know, I'm at A. I'm not really happy with my life right now. I'm in this kind of relationship, this kind of job, or I'm living in this country, this city, whatever. And I would like to change. I want to go to B. And how can they even realize 
They can go to B, but they can also go to Z. They can also go to K. They can also go Very to easy. whatever uh, unknown uh, letter, you know? <laughs> Very easy. You like How math? You? I love I math. I don't. Oh, I but I have a little example it. for you. It, it I happens. love it. It's numbers, but it's not math. Okay. So, you know, we have 80, 86 to 100 million, I think it's in English, yeah, neurons in our brain when we are born, right? Mm -hmm. All the same number. So, they estimate that the neural connections these neurons have in your brain is something more than 100 billion. So if your personality creates your personal reality and your personality is based on the level of connectivity the neurons have in your brain and you have more than 100 billion connections in your brain, how many possibilities for potentials is there? More than 100 billion potentials. So not only A to Z, but 100 billion potentials. I always say you only get as far as you dare to go. Mm, you only get as far as you dare to go. And if you are not conscious of your fears, see, biologically, fears have a function. If you fear something, you don't go into that direction. There is fire. You fear fire. You go into the other direction because it might be dangerous for you, right? Mm -hmm. So we are used to the fact that if something feels uncomfortable, we want to go away from it. But change has to be uncomfortable. If it's not uncomfortable, you're not really changing. Because biology doesn't like that really. So you got to have to force yourself a little bit to it. So... Me, for example, my whole journey with this started <clears throat> because I was so full of fear of everything, very, very fearful. But of course, I didn't, sh I didn't show it. So I always had this resting bitch face and hard <laughs> and just don't, you know, just being the tough cookie. And but inside, I was dying a million times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I had allergies, I had other problems. I, I just I wasn't happy, and I just knew I I can't continue like this. There is no happy end to this. And interestingly enough, <clears throat> when I did my training to become a business trainer and coach. The first job offer I had was being a trainer. I had to stay in front of people. I had to teach them. I was dying. For five years, every weekend, I was dying inside. I was freaking out like, oh my God, what if I can't do this? What if they ask me this? What if I fail this time? And every week in between the weekends, I was sitting here and meditating. And in the beginning, I did it four to six hours every day. Because I just, I was sick of myself. Mm -hmm. I was sick of my own thought processes, of my own emotions, of everything. I just knew I don't want to live like that. And then I sat down every day. <clears throat> and by facing my fears, that's the interesting part. Because my, <clears throat> I didn't have the dream to become a trainer. I also didn't have the dream to become a Dr. Joe Dispenza trainer. That was not my main goal. It was more like 
the more fears I transformed because I had to do this work to, in order to earn my money. Mm -hmm. I realized like, okay, this somehow, this makes fun. I like this. If I don't fear it, actually, it's nice. So the first thing I would suggest everyone, figure out what you fear mm -hmm. and then figure out a way to overcome it. Okay, what is a way you teach to overcome fear? Using the tool of meditation, really. And specifically, uh, I just did it today again two times, specifically the breaking the habit of being yourself meditation. That's I, the Joe Spencer meditation, right? Yeah, I'm doing it for 10 years now, but I would recommend everyone, first educate yourself a little. Like read Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. I know... Becoming Supernatural sounds great. Yeah, 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 I know. But how about you learn the alphabet first before you start the poem? Because every all the basics which bring you to the point of being supernatural, the basics for the basics mm. are explained in the book Breaking the Habit so of Being Yourself. What you're saying for the people that do not know the books, you know, Joe Dispenza has few books and one of the books he wrote was The Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And another book after that was Becoming Supernatural. And what Seville is mentioning here in her experience, read first one, uh, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and then Becoming Supernatural. So, And in her perception, mm. it's that... Uh, I've read both and I've even read the first one, which was yeah. Evolve Your Brain, which is yes. a super technical book. Yeah. Okay, so meditation, to overcome fear, you would recommend meditation. And one of the meditations we recommend is breaking the habit of being yourself. So can yes. you just briefly explain what happens in that certain meditation? Like what are you doing? You know, for the people that are actually, they, that do not know the work. Uh -huh. So I always say that the meditation has three parts. And the reason why I say read the book is there is a reason why Dr. Jill says certain things or asks you to do certain things in the meditation. So if you don't understand why you are supposed to do certain things, you can't give them meaning. And if it's meaningless, it can't have an effect on you. So first, please read the book. And yes, I know... Nobody reads anymore. Everybody wants to listen to nice podcasts and look nice reels on Facebook. Mm -hmm. But really, you miss certain information if you only consume information in this way. Read. Um, the first part of that meditation is called the induction. And there you can choose either between uh, body parts or rising water. And what they figured out, and it, I think it was Les Femi, and he did, a, did a, a little study at the Princeton University. His book is called Open Focus Brain from Les Femi. Mm -hmm. Open Focus of, Brain. We all yeah, put in the episode notes. <clears throat> from Les Femi. And he, it's a very nice book, but he basically found out when you sit down, and for example, now we are having our conversation, okay? And if I tell you, please become aware of your nose mm -hmm. and the space your nose occupies in space. You can do that. You can become aware of your nose. 
you even can become aware of the inside of your nose and you can sense the space the inside of your nose feels different than your no than the nose itself right mm -hmm. and the outside of your nose even feels more different so what you basically do there is you're training one your attention to keep it at one thing and because you are sensing your nose sensing your ears your brain starts to calm down because it's not thinking about the ex-boyfriend it's not thinking about the bill it's not thinking about the debt it's only sensing so it do you are you shutting down, down the analytical the mind si the system shuts down automatically Give your mind something else to play with. That's all, you know? So, and then, of course, you will think about the call you will have in five minutes. Of course, you will think about the grocery shopping you have to do. It's normal. Just bring your attention back and sense again. Eventually, you will get better at it. Eventually, at a certain point, you will lose track of time mm -hmm. by practicing. Then the next part in the meditation is who, like, who do you want to no longer be? Who is it you want to stop being? Being fearful? Yeah, but general is not enough. Fearful, but fearful of what? Fearful of not being good enough. And what does that look like when you fear that you are not good enough? Do you stay at home when friends ask you that you would, and you say, no, no, I prefer to stay at home. So you need to become conscious of who you no longer want to be. And very, very, very important here. You start with one thing and one thing only. It's not like, hey, for, I want to love myself. I want to have a better job. I don't know. No. I want to be able to do this. You start Why? with Why? one Why thing. Why is that? Why is that? Easy. Because if you are just new at this journey of self-transformation, You are opening Pandora's box. One thing, for one, you have to learn the technique. And mm -hmm. the technique is keeping your awareness there where you put it. Mm -hmm. And not like <clears throat> uh, uh, li kitty uh, litter where everyone goes everywhere how they want, but your attention stays there. So you first need to train that. Getting a sense of control back from your, uh, to, uh, of your body. Then you need to reflect yourself and distinguish the traits do you know who you no longer want to be. Because mm -hmm. if you don't figure out what you are doing unconsciously, mm -hmm. for example, thinking mean thoughts or whatever, how are you going to stop it? By the way, Sevi, uh, you can edit this out, Yaren, but what I'm saying now, we have five minutes left. Oh. So okay. And then, so induction part, and then what's going on then? Second part is who do you no longer want to be? Mm -hmm. You Before you do the meditation, you write that down and you take one thing. I don't want to be so negative uh, uh, toward myself, for example. Mm -hmm. And the third part is who do you want to be? So first you need to write for sure you, something you do not want to be. And then you write down what do you want to be? Yeah. So like, instead of like, for example, I don't want to be judgmental, self-judgmental. What I would love to be, I would love to experience more self-love, self-care. Yeah. 
Yeah. And because we're talking about the brain, you have beautiful neural networks, muscles, brain muscles, for judging yourself. But you right. have not trained your muscles for loving yourself. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing in the third part is you choose, you put your mental and emotional attention. So it's a mental thing and a visceral thing. Very mm-hmm. important here. You got to take your body with you, you know, and then you just condition yourself by daily doing it every day. Mm-hmm. You will get better with it every day. And that's the whole thing. So, and then the moment you wake up, let's say you do it in the evening before you sleep, and then you wake up in the morning when you would say, but nothing happened. You fell back to the old personality, the 95%, the subconscious mind that was running the subconscious mind, where you know the programs. When you keep doing it, doing it, doing it, the muddy lake will eventually transform in a clear lake because you took the mud out, but it does not happen in one go. Yeah. Right. So, um, Seville, uh, do you have any final thoughts for people that are watching and listening to this that are, uh, you know, maybe experiencing something and that they just need to hear one more thing to really feel like, hey, I would like to start really getting aware of my thoughts that are creating the life experience that I'm having right now and I would like to change them. First, be gentle with yourself. You're at the beginning. Second, educate yourself. Like, of course, you can buy the meditations and sit down and immediately do them. Because, but if you don't understand how to use them, they will have not, not the effect that you would like to have. And if they have an effect, it will be by chance. So educate yourself. Read one book of Dr. Joe, ideally two. Then you can go into the meditations or whatever meditations for that reason. It's a self-reflection process. Learn to reflect yourself. Don't take yourself too serious. That's a good one. Don't Nothing take yourself is carved so serious. In stone. Laugh a lot about yourself. Like, oh, I'm going again to the right instead of the left. Ha, ha, ha. I found myself in it. Yeah. And the last thing, really, and you said that, I don't know if you said it today or the last call we had, but um, if you perceive something about yourself you don't like or that you were trying to change and you realize, oh, still, it it hasn't changed yet, just say, huh, interesting, Mm -hmm. and just dive Mm -hmm. deeper into it. Yeah. But judging yourself, it just... A zero end game. It just it has no meaning, you know. I mean, what? How? In what way does it serve you? Yeah, you know, I I just would like to give one example. You know, today what happened? I'm, I'm teaching at a primary school part time, and uh, a colleague of mine, which I like a lot, uh, he said to me, like, you know, we were talking about real giving each other feedback, other things, and he said, you know, what you do a lot actually. Did everyone say to you that you give a lot of feedback or hey you could do this you could do that i had to laugh so much because i said there, you know you know he says it in dutch he, he used the word and i said you know who was saying this to me for my whole all life i said my dad my father is was you know saying that when i was mm-hmm. even a child and you know that i you know that i talk a lot and hey well you could do this for every single topic it doesn't matter what 
And, you know, and I used to be so upset with my dad. Like, why are you saying this? I could just Mm. say what I want. You know, I was resisting what he was actually thinking about me. And the moment this colleague said this to me, I had to laugh. I was like, oh my God, I'm doing this seriously. And then after that, we started, we kept talking about other things. And I just found myself again, like, oh, it's happening. I said to him, oh, it's happening again. Okay, no, 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 I'm stopping. Oh, it's happening again. And yeah. it, it was more with a love instead of like this yeah. feeling of, oh, I'm doing it again. Oh, I don't want to do it. You know, then you just keep it alive, right? Absolutely. So, and Children are the best example. You will never see a child that is about to learn walking, fall down and just get mad at itself. Like, oh, damn, this is nothing for me. I'm going going to stop walking. This is not working. No child does that. It's just the grown-ups. Right, right. So, uh, Samuel, where can people find you? Can you just uh, tell us your... about uh, via my website, okay. www.sevil stripe stripe <laughs> c-i-n-a-r.com dot com civilstripechunar.com we will put it in the episode notes Sevil thank, thank you. you so much from the bottom of my heart this was so amazing I really appreciate thank it you. I appreciate thank you, you for the information you have shared for being here and for the energy you have shared for sharing more than five senses. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Dankeschön, meine Freundin. (laughs) Danke dir, meine Liebe. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. If you have loved it, please leave a review. If you did not love it, please also leave a review. And so I can make a better one next time. And if you want to know more about the workshops and courses I am teaching, visit my website, ozkanozlem.com. I will spell it for you. It's a Turkish name. O-Z-K-A-N-O-Z-L-E-M.com. May you be the best version of yourself today. Bye for now.